D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, a soccer podcast in San Diego that is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. And for those that listen internationally, we would like to tell you that San Diego is pretty much underwater as we're recording on a Wednesday morning here. Happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody who tunes into the podcast. There is a nasty storm hovering around Southern California. So as the song goes, it never rains in Southern California, completely false. Don't believe a single word of that song pouring out there. I'm just glad we made it to our studio safe and sound. We're ready to watch a little midweek action from the Premier League. Of course, we're both coming off pretty significant Champions League matchups. I can take a deep breath. I can take and whew, relax just a little bit now that Barca got through Dortmund, won its group, won against Atletico Madrid. Lionel Messi wins his sixth Ballon d'Or. Much different than it was a week ago, Jordan. A week ago, I was a nervous Nelly, man. I don't mind telling you. I was a bit nervous. Everything that was going on with Barca, I could just see them. I could see their chances of advancing to the knockout stage of Champions League evaporating had they lost at home to Dortmund, but a goal from Messi, a goal from Griezmann, a goal from Suarez, much different. Now we can rotate next week, won the group, I'm good. Yeah, your uh, your side is through, my side is not through quite yet, but I do feel a little bit better this week than I did last week. So Chelsea actually got a point at Valencia, which came uh, a little bit of a surprise to me. I was not expecting that. Darren, Pulisic almost scored the winner. I saw. He almost scored the winner, and then uh, Chelsea gave up a second goal. And then uh, they only get one point when that happens, not three, which means they're not through, which mm. means Chelsea still a lot to play for in the final match day of yeah. Champions League. Yeah, but yeah, I do you, feel you, a little you. bit better. I think there's a chance that they get through. I, I don't know if we're the only group. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea's group is the only group uh, to not have anyone through yet. No one has qualified to the uh, knockout stages in that group, whatever it is. I think it's like Group H. Uh, group E, Group G, Group H. Nobody has qualified from any of those groups. All right, so we're not oh, as I'm special sorry, as I uh, From Group G, uh, Leipzig has has advanced, but mm. position to be determined. Got so, it. So still waiting. Again, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, but I will be thinking of you on match day, on the final match day there, which is what, December 10th? Yeah. Somewhere in that range? Good luck. This is usually what happens. So we've been doing the soccer podcast in town for like five plus years. And usually what happens is both Chelsea and Barca, when Chelsea are actually in Champions League, Barca get into Champions League every single year. Chelsea do not. But sometimes, hey, you never know. They win it every once in a while. Uh, usually what happens, they get through the group and then Chelsea will play Barca. And then Darren and I become rivals. Mm-hmm. And it's not just rivals for like a week in the NFL or like college football. Um, it's rivals in Champions League in the knockout stages where like the two legs take about six, seven, eight weeks to actually play. So you're rivals for like months. Right. You hate each other for a very long time. It's not just like, all right, I'll see you next Monday. It's like, I'll see you Monday in April, buddy. I'll see you in a couple weeks here. Uh, so that's usually when they get paired up. I'm hoping Chelsea and Barca do not get paired up. My heart can't take it this year. By the way, speaking of Chelsea versus Barca, since we don't really have a script today, we're just going to sort of... Flap our gums for a little while. But did you see what happened at the uh, at the presentation for the Ballon d'Or? Yes. Wait, well, hold on. What part? I watched uh, There it. was a lot, right? Like, yeah. There was a lot going on there, <laughs> there right? Like, like, and I would like to just say to all of our uh, Liverpool supporter listeners, congratulations. Now you know what it's like to be right there in the crosshairs of underpants stands. Underpants. What's that all about? I mean, Virgil van Dijk clearly making a joke. Ronaldo's sister comes off the top rope. What a... Anyway, (laughs) so there's nothing I can do. Like, good, like shift it all over towards the Liverpool supporters. Let those people deal with it. (laughs) Clearly a joke. Calm down a little bit. But uh, how cool was the moment with Drogba and Mbappe 
I mean, that was, I, again, I just know what was said on the surface, that there was this kid when Barca, uh, with with some assistance from the referees, got through Chelsea at the bridge, and some kid wanted to take a picture with Didier Drogba. And Drogba was so upset at the way the match went that they got eliminated in Champions League. He said no, and that kid turned out to be Kylian Mbappe. Like, What? Like, what a great story that was. And so then they took a selfie on the stage right before they presented the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And Darren, if you like, look... I, I, like, are there any more details on that? Because I saw that. And I was like, wait, what? Like, well, let me finish, how did that happen? Let me finish the story for you. So really, if you look at it, big picture, that was the beginning of Mbappe's love for Chelsea Football Club. That was the beginning of it. And now we're going to see the conclusion of it. The end of this story is when Mbappe leaves... PSG eventually, and we all know he will. Mm -hmm. The question is, where is Mbappe going? I think the answer, we learned the answer actually at the ceremony. The answer is Stanford Bridge, clearly. It's fine by me. Really? As long as it's not Real Madrid, sure. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I hear Chelsea have a lot of money to spend because they had that whole transfer ban thing. So there's a lot of money to kind of just splash around. I think Mbappe requires a lot of that money. So I think Mbappe to Chelsea, that's what I learned from. uh, from the Ballon d'Or. But I don't. I, I still don't understand what Mbappe was doing there. Why he was at the bridge? Yeah, why was he in London? I mean, he grew up in France, correct? Yeah, I don't... I mean, world, I, I mean he's I a world traveling traveler. traveling around Europe is a lot easier for them than it is for us. Yeah, they get... Still, like, you live in Paris, you get a jettison up to London. You live in San Diego, you right. jettison up to, like, Fresno. Right. That's the difference. Maybe he was just vacationing. I don't know. But I, I, I am glad that... The beginning of his love started right there. Jason. Yeah, and I like like how did that get back to Drogba? That Mbappe wanted to take it. I mean, were there were we even in the selfie mode? Like that was two thousand what nine somewhere in that range. Two thousand like were we even doing selfies then? Absolutely, were we doing selfies? We were doing selfies way before that. All right. Yeah, I mean Instagram started to enhance that a little bit, but yeah, Mbappe. I feel like there's a lot. I love those stories too. Me too. When it's like a like a ball boy or someone like Mbappe just wanting a photo, and like, I, do you ever have? Did you have one of those moments? I had one of those moments with Tiger Woods. I was very close to getting a photo with Tiger Woods when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old. He was playing. I think he was playing at La Costa. This is way back when in San Diego, and he shined me. And you know what happened after that, Darren? I grew up to be the best golfer in the world, and I beat Tiger Woods at the Masters. <laughs> yeah, I remember that That was moment. my story. That was great. Yeah. You hit that 18-foot snake putt. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was great when you won your first major. Those stories are amazing, though. When you find out, like, oh, I guess I should have taken a picture with that kid. Now, Tiger Woods doesn't regret not taking a picture with me. Um, I don't get to have that moment on stage with Tiger, but Mbappe got that moment with Drogba. Well, congratulations, Lionel Messi, his sixth Ballon d'Or. Congratulations to Barca's best. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, and I, I, I would have been a bit disappointed. And by the way, what a what an incredible bounce back for Lionel Messi because you got to remember Jordan, the disappointment of finishing fifth in this award for this award last year, fifth last year to first this year. What an incredible bounce back story for Lionel Messi. I mean, he must just be a much better player. Last year than he was the year before. Yeah, not only did he win the Ballon d'Or, he won the Comeback Player of the Year. <laughs> right. In the I, world of soccer. It's a big deal. It's another trophy to his very big trophy case. Yeah, and, and, and you know he's now uh, separated himself from CR7, who couldn't be bothered, who didn't show up, who uh, knew he was going to finish in third place. Virgil van Dyke, I thought a very, very worthy candidate. Had he won, a little bit disappointing, but... 
I think that he was the only other uh, worthwhile candidate to discuss in this category. And Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool had three of the top five Mm -hmm. and had four of the top seven. Pretty good squad. And it's tough to argue with it. Yeah. Because I've seen the conversation. What is this? Is this just becoming a, is this, you're just selecting everyone who won the Champions League on that team? The players you select, you look at it and you kind of stack them up with the with the rest of the players in the world, and they deserve those spots. They didn't get it just because Liverpool won Champions League. I don't feel. Yeah, I mean Van Dyke was two, Mane was four, Salah was fifth, Allison seventh. So good I ex- squad. I expected Messi to win it. I would not have been shocked uh, had Van Dyke actually won it, but I expected Messi. And then had Ronaldo won it, it just I would have been shocked by that. No, I. I didn't see that coming. I would not have seen that. Yeah, coming I mean, no other Barca player in the top 28, which, you know, I think says something about what Messi's dealing with on a regular basis. Now, Griezmann was in the top 28, but he was playing for Atletico Madrid. So, mm-hmm. different story, but no other Barca player there. Uh, there was no Suarez, and there was, you know, no whoever it else is that, you know, there. I, I thought maybe Ter Stegen, you could have made a case for him, but he wasn't in the top 28. I saw Eden Hazard was somewhere in the top 10. Representing Chelsea Football Club, so that was that was nice to see. And how about on the ladies' side? Mm. How about on the women's side? Megan Rapino. What a year! Yeah, not a not a big shock. I don't know how it is that you calculate, or how it is that clearly she was the best player for the best team during the Women's World Cup. I will confess to you, I just don't know enough about women's club soccer to know how she stacked up against some of the other women playing not only in the United States but also all across the world. I think she spent a little bit of time hurt for her club, but I, I'm happy to see Megan Rapino win. Yeah, I mean, just think of the timeline of that year that she just experienced and everything that went into it. Like, it, It's an incredible year. 2019 for Megan Rapino is it's going to be very difficult to top it. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to do it either. I don't know. I, mean, I just. You know, I'm. I. I will confess that I just don't know enough about women's soccer nationally or internationally to know how you stack up what she did for her club. But if we're just, I'm guessing that the World Cup was a pretty important factor for the women's Ballon d'Or. So from that standpoint, probably not a big shock for Megan Rapinoe, who I thought also took the opportunity to say some interesting stuff about, hey, you know, Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, they, they could be activists too. They could be important voices against sexism and against racism. So. Not a big shock that Megan Rapinoe took the opportunity in that moment to say, you know, we all could do a little bit more, which is exactly what you would expect and what a lot of people like about Megan Rapinoe. Right. Continue to influence. That's what she wants. So uh, you good on Ballon d'Or? Anything I mean, else? I mean, I mean Messi I was, won it. You got to be. Did you celebrate? Pop some week. champagne? Yeah, it was a good week for Barca. Like I said, uh, you know, winning the group. And then beating Atletico Madrid was huge, especially the way it happened. An 86-minute game winner for Messi. And then the following day, the France football press awards him his sixth Ballon d'Or. That was a good week. That was a really, really good week. And I will take this one step further because it was a good week for the club. And it was a good week for the player. It was also a tremendous week for Peña Blaugrana San Diego as well. So I was out of town. And boy, I was really... uh, I was kicking myself for being out of town, but the holidays, family, living out of state, etc. But they hosted a fundraiser, as we promoted last week, at the Barca Bar, which is Serrano's downtown. And I saw it this morning. They raised over $2,000 for the Autism Tree Project Foundation. So I just want to shout them out. That's an incredible amount of money. They did all sorts of raffles. They had Ray Mysterio, the local 
uh, WWE wrestler promote this and, and donate and jerseys and all sorts of stuff. But 2000 bucks to a local charity to the Autism Tree Project Foundation, which deals with childhood autism is just a, a tremendous accomplishment. So kudos to those guys. I was really, really sorry to miss it, but I uh, will see you guys on Saturday against Mallorca. Yeah. Uh, I guess you just take this moment to say the Pena down in San Diego. It seems like every single event that they organize and they're really good at, they're very organized. They're very structured um, and they're very charitable. They mm. tie everything they do to, to a charity and um, we can't recommend following them and engaging with them down in San Diego as much as possible. Serranos, that's where they watch. You can follow them on Twitter at Pena underscore S-A-N. Uh, like they say, they're more than a club. Um, and they're yeah. more than a Pena. So, and, I know, and, everybody... and you kind of want to live up to that. You think as a as a group here in San Diego is being formed with SD, with SD Loyal and you have the locals behind. You, you see all the different groups that have been established in San Diego for quite some time and you want to you want to pluck the positives, and there's a lot of positives to pluck from the Pena down in San Diego. And there are so many good supporters groups around town, and we've been made to feel very welcome at all of them. Whether it's the Harp, whether it's Bluefoot, whether it's Shakespeare's, whether it's Princess, we've been made to feel very welcome at all of them. I mean, again, we're, we'll all be partial to our own supporters groups, but man, these guys are great. Uh, they are, and to raise that kind of money, they've done uh, shoe drives in the past where they've con- uh, collected uh, you know, soccer cleats, etc., so they could help uh, donate that to, to local soccer clubs around town. They're just they're, they're just tremendous people. I'm proud to be associated with them, and we thank them as always for their support and congratulate them. And then the beauty of having SD Loyal in town, Darren, is the fact that like these people, they maybe you're not a Barca fan, maybe you're a Real Madrid fan. Why would you ever go down to Serrano's and watch at a Barca bar? Well, right. those are the same. Fans that will likely be watching soccer here in San Diego later that day, because those are the people that you're going to be going right. to the matches with later on. Because yeah. you're probably going to be su- supporting a club here in town, so it's fun. Like this is a time in San Diego where you can try to pluck the positives. You see the best of each of each group already in town, and then you're creating something with SD with the loyals, and then the locals, the group itself. So. Um, definitely a lot of positives to pluck from the Pena. But. Right. I mean, and that's the that's really the goal of SD Loyal is to try to sew together all these different supporters groups who all in their own unique ways do tremendous things, whether it's just gather around and watch the matches or whether it's host uh, larger events where other supporters groups all collaborate, get together, raising money for charity the way the, the Pena did over the weekend. Like that's that's how you build community, the soccer community here, which hopefully will manifest itself into a killer experience with SD Loyal, Absolutely. which has a little bit of uh, uh, some news coming up here. Should be a very busy December for SD Loyal, which is exciting. Yeah, uh, schedule is expected to be announced a little bit later this month. But Darren, I think the the most obvious storyline for us when it comes to our local club and SD Loyal is, are you ready? Are you ready for the tryouts? Are you ready for the tryouts? Because we're trying out, right? Like, we should try out for this club. <laughs> um, just to see the experience of it, I mean, just to see how Landon Donovan whips us around the pitch, I, I think maybe we could do something along those lines. Or maybe we can sponsor somebody to try out. I'm trying to figure out what the best approach is for the Unnamed Soccer Podcast when it comes to SD Loyal tryouts, which are upcoming this month. As a matter of fact, I have a note here. 
from SD Loyal that says tryouts on the 15th of December. They had so many people sign up that they had to add a second date on the 22nd of December, which is great news. So some player signing news is coming out shortly. I'm told that merchandise very, very soon, which would be great right before Christmas. Christmas time. Tick tock, tick tock. But tryouts on the 15th. So many signups, Jordan, that they had to add a second date on the 22nd. Yeah, so originally it was planned for the 22nd. It was 9 to 1. Still is 9 to 1. It's going to be at Torero Stadium. Are we just going to like show up and watch? Should we show up with binoculars? There's this beautiful parking lot above Torero Stadium that looks straight down in. And we could watch Landon Donovan finding the future players for SD Loyal. Well, or we I... could try out ourselves, like instead of just bringing out the binoculars, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people have seen us either live or through social media playing in the soccer celebrity match. I'm not sure that they would recommend we go try out for a pro soccer team. But the experience might be fun to talk about here on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. So I'm open-minded to it. I'm open-minded. I, I know what my limitations are. I don't think many 47-year-old has-beens who never were. Mm. But I'm happy to go and watch. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a tactical expert, Jordan. So I know I can nitpick <laughs> and I can pick apart who is a player, who isn't a player. Right. So, you know, maybe they would just want my uh, consulting advice. Oh, a consultant to the scouting team. I <laughs> like it. Well, I've already scratched you off the list because now I'm actually looking at the rules. There are rules to this tryout. You have to be between 18 and 33 years old. So I can't qualify. I'm 15 years too old for this league. Yeah, uh, I'm almost too old for this league, which is <laughs> a pretty eye-opening moment for me right now. Um, 18 to 33 years old. So I guess, I guess Darren's out. But they've added a second tryout date. Do we know? Have we? Have they announced anyone? Like, I went to the USL Championship website earlier this morning, and I just want to see, like, is there anything? Does Is SD Loyal even grouped in with the rest of the current teams? And they're not. They're still considered a, a future team, although I consider them a now team. I think they're in the present because we're in the offseason, and the next season, SD Loyal is going to be a part of the league. So, but nothing. No player news. There's nothing officially with a roster. We get a schedule soon. And Darren and I likely will not try out. But you can if you want. I just, you know what I really want? I mean, I want a lot of things, right? I'm a pretty greedy guy. And, you know, I want to know who players are. I want more. Give me more. Give me more information. Give me a schedule. But what I really, really want, Jordan, I want to know. I want broadcast information finalized here for television and for radio, for goodness sake. Driving me crazy. I'm trying to plan my spring and my summer. But that said, what I really, really want more than anything, merchandise. Mm. I want gear. I do. I want gear. And it's supposed to be here before Christmas. And I've heard that Soccer Loca, which is like right down the street from iHeart Studios, is going to carry a lot of that stuff. So I know that's at least one place to find it. I don't know. I'm sure you can go straight to the club. You can go to their online store eventually. I'm sure once they announce it. But we don't have anything to announce when it comes to that. Maybe Maybe the next announcement, Darren, is a player announcement. Maybe Chicharito is on his way to SD Loyal here in Southern California. I don't know. We've guessed some other players. Maybe Chicharito has his his uh, sights set a little bit higher than SD Loyal and USL, but it sounds like he could be coming to the States soon. You know, I'll tell you, when we were going through the whole Soccer City thing and the idea that Major League Soccer was going to come to town, which isn't completely dead, but we are focused on USL, right? But that was the name that I think you heard most often. I remember an interview we did with Landon Donovan where we said, yeah, you here, Magic Wand, you can sign whoever you want. You get your Major League Soccer club. Who would it be? He said Paul Ariola. Remember that? Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, no, like Chicharito. Like, like that might be the one that got away when it comes to MLS caliber signings. But there's no point really in thinking about that. I think Chicharito coming to MLS will be really, really good for the league. 
you know, as we watch this this convergence of Liga MX and Major League Soccer on a variety of different levels, adding another huge Mexican star to the league. Wow, I mean, that would be uh, an incredible coup for Major League Soccer, although really not all that unpredictable that at some point it's going to happen anyway. I mean, his, his spot at Sevilla right now, it's he's not been great there. They win a lot of low-scoring matches. I think they've won like five 1-0 matches so far this year, Sevilla, which has been very good. I think sitting third on the table in La Liga. But Major League Soccer, I, I, I feels like it's coming. It feels like it's actually happening this time. Yeah, it feels really, really close, actually. And, I don't uh, know where it'd be, though. Well, there's a report from ESPN, and uh, here's what the report says. Sources tell ESPN FC that Chicharito's interest in Major League Soccer is more than just lip service. I guess he recently told reporters that... Uh, it's a real possibility that he moves to Major League Soccer. And uh, people close to his camp say it's more than just lip service. They think it's actually potentially going to happen here. Um, and the report goes on saying that one team has already talked to Chicharito about a move that would make him the highest paid player in league history. Hmm. 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 Uh, you know who would love this move? The commissioner. Don Garber would absolutely love this move because it'd be great for the league. It'd be great for whatever club signs him. It'd be great for... Uh, whatever city he shows up to, playing with whatever club he signs with. It will just be good for the league, for viewership, for users online. Uh, it will be good for, for Major League Soccer across the board. So you know Don Garber would be interested. But what club, Darren? What club? The ESPN report says uh, the Chicago Fire are a real possibility. Because what? they're moving to Soldier Field, and they need to fill that venue. He wants to go, well, they do very well there. The Mexican national team does when it goes through Chicago. Then again, it does well everywhere it goes in the United States. All right. Um, not exactly the first club on the top of my head. I thought maybe Inter-Miami, David Beckham squad. I know they're making progress with their home stadium. I thought maybe the Galaxy, because the Galaxy is losing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. What if you had Zlatan go to Sevilla and you had Chicharito go to the Galaxy? Mm. I think that was recommended somewhere in Spain over the last couple of days. And then imagine El Trafico going forward. El Trafico with Vela opposite Chicharito. And Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Huh. That'd be good. I don't think he lands in Southern California, though. According to this report, it's either Chicago, and then they also say Inter-Miami. They've been in the mix. So How about San Jose? Huh. No? I don't... I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, so, the Chicago Fire, they just rebranded, right? Mm-hmm. We all saw the logo. Everyone on Twitter made fun of it because that's what Twitter does. They just complain. Um, so they saw a brand new logo, rebranded, going to Soldier Field. I think it makes a lot of sense. They've they've gone out and signed big names in the past. It wouldn't be the first time that the Chicago Fire have done this. But this would be a different level. Like going out and signing Chicharito, obviously the report already says he would be the highest paid player in the league. And it would set a record for the league. So this would be a different level than the Chicago Fire have, have gotten to before. But interesting. I just want him in the league. Yeah, me too. Like I said, I mean, I used to fantasize about him playing for whatever the San Diego MLS club was, but yeah, like no the, point in spending a lot of time thinking about that, even though I've now brought it up for the second time. The same way I just wanted Jose Mourinho back in the Prem, even though it's with Tottenham now. I just wanted him back in the Prem because the Prem is more interesting with him actually as one of the managers. Absolutely. Isn't it? Like Tottenham's actually interesting now. Um so in the same capacity <laughs> Right, because they've not been interesting in, in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't help yourself. Chicharito would do a lot for Major League Soccer, so I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. But the Speaking Chicago of, Fire, 
I'd ra- I would prefer him to be in Southern California for obvious reasons, but the report brings up Miami and Chicago. I just don't know enough about the Chicago Fire fan support. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I know they're building a new stadium and where they were playing and had been playing is a little bit out of town. But I don't know enough about how MLS is is uh, supported in Chicago to know whether that would be a a good move. Now, financially, it could be good for him. But I feel like there are better clubs or or more popular clubs like in Atlanta. You'd be like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. Now, Atlanta could tell you they don't have to do something like that. Inter-Miami makes a lot of sense. Um, Southern California. Again, I brought up San Jose because of uh, Matias Almeida as the the manager there. So, you know, again, uh, from Chivas, maybe there's some, some connection there. I don't know. I just I would want to see him go someplace. You know, I don't want to see him go to like Colorado. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's like right. Colorado gets about nine thousand people per match, and it's not a good scene. Right? Yeah. No. Him coming to the league is good for the league, but there are better destinations for cheat. There. I mean, there. If he lands in Southern California, I think that's the best. That's your ceiling, Mark. That's good. You're going to get the most out of Chicharito from a league's perspective if he lands in Southern California for the reasons we already laid out. It would add to what is already an amazing rivalry between the Galaxy and LAFC. Uh, you bring up the players that would be squaring off every single time, every year, twice a year. Uh, it would just enhance that. If he goes to Chicago, I mean, it's good for the league, yeah. but it, it there, it's not quite the ceiling mark. You're not maximizing the potential return from Chicharito from the league's perspective. So I want him in SoCal. If he goes to Inter-Miami, I think that's actually really good. I think that's one of the better landing spots. I think Chicago's better than like Colorado, and I think it's better than like San Jose. Um, but, I mean, it's not like I'm going to start watching a bunch of Chicago Fire matches, if we're being honest, because of Chicharito. Now, if he's coming to town and all of a sudden he's playing at LAFC and, or playing the Galaxy, then maybe you're interested in going up. But to maximize it, Darren, get him to Southern California, even though the report says not Southern California. <laughs> Even right. though it seems to make the most sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I you know, I also think it's just going to be really interesting when you see the All-Star game between MLS and Liga MX and you have like the biggest Mexican stars are playing for Major League Soccer. <laughs> and, you know, they're playing opposite the Mexican League. I mean, that's just going to be Gosh, I can't wait for that. I I hope he comes to the league before the middle of next summer. I mean, I I hope that that's part of the planning here for Chicharito because that would just be be a surreal experience to have so many Liga MX fans like what are we supposed to do because there's Vela and there's Chicharito and there's Dos Santos like we're confused what, what, what should we be rooting for now so he would have to come in the winter transfer window obviously MLS I mean you'll start picking things back up in February so you go through the transfer window during the winter and uh, that's the way he gets to Major League Soccer we'll see if that's the way it actually plays out um, we actually have some matches. We're recording before a couple big matches today, Darren, and I really wish that we were recording following Manchester United against Tottenham because that's about to kick off from Old Trafford. That one kicks off in about an hour from now. Manchester United playing host to Tottenham. Obviously, the big storyline, two clubs trying to earn their way back into the top four for Champions League spots, but Jose Mourinho is the big story here. Former Manchester United manager, now with Tottenham. He's turned around Tottenham for now couple matches, a couple wins. Things are going really, really well for Hotspur. He has re-entered the Spurs into the conversation mm-hmm. of its Champions League side. They were not part of that conversation before the move. Uh, they have clearly put themselves right back in a position to battle for a top four spot. I don't know what's going to happen with Manchester United. but Deli Ali. Oof, man, I mean, a, a reawakening for Delhi. Yeah. Um, great. 
And he's, you know, I'll say this, and we know that there's a clock on this, right? So <laughs> Spurs fans, and you and Jordan knows better than I, at some point, this will go completely belly up. But for the here and for the now, I have to say, and I never thought I'd find myself saying this, he's actually been somewhat likable with Spurs. And again, it, and it's on it, purpose. There's a shelf life with it, but with the ball boys, what he's done with the ball boys. It's smart. How he's explained his substitutions when they fell behind 2-0 to Olympiacos. The way he explained it, he said he had to apologize. The things he said about Sun, the thing he said about Dele, like like the thing he said about going and returning to Old Trafford, like I don't buy any of it. <laughs> I know at some point the real Jose Mourinho will return, but for the first couple of weeks, like he's been he's he's actually been very, very likable from where I sit. This is Jose at his best right now. The ball boy, I think, is a perfect example. What he's doing and now introducing a new ball boy every single week into the locker room before matches, creating a family. It, it's very, it's very smart. This is the best Jose. Now things start going wrong. Eventually Jose has proven that he can kind of get in his own way, but this is the best Jose. And this is the Jose that brought Chelsea several titles. And there is a lot of enjoyment to be had out of this kind of Jose when you're a supporter of the club that he's managing. So enjoy it. And the results Absolutely are there. Enjoy so, it. You know, the results have been there too. So, you know, even if you say, well, he's just being a phony and he's just being a politician and he's on best behavior. Fine. But what do you care if you're getting results? I don't even know if it's him being a phony. I think this is just him when it's going really well. Like this is smart. This is really this is Jose at his best. And then you just hope he doesn't get in his own way. And eventually, which will well, he will. Eventually, it happens. It might be today. <laughs> it could. I mean, it might be at the end of the United match. But, but you hope it's in like two, three years, and there's a couple trophies added to the to the cabinet. So that's happening a little bit later on. United, Tottenham. I still don't understand how this match. And I texted Darren this a couple weeks ago. I thought for sure this would be Poch against Jose. Now they play each other um, in a couple months. I think they play each other again in March, if I remember correctly. That will be the second time they play in the league. By then, I would imagine it's Poch against Josie. I was hoping it would be the first time around. It is not. It's still uh, Ole at the wheel up at Old Trafford. But they're going to host Tottenham. We'll see what happens. I think uh, I think Tottenham go in, and I think they collect all three points, and I think they continue their upward uh, swing, and I think they uh, continue to put themselves in a spot where they're going to be a top four team potentially. Spurs. Spurs, not United. Yeah. Well, Liverpool City, we know. Yeah. Leicester finds itself hanging around Chelsea. Who's that club in fifth right now on the table? Um, it's my I, side chick, Crystal Palace. My side chick. It's my You're, side. It's piece. not your side piece today. It's front and center. You're I rocking know. the uh, Palace jacket. Last week you went Barca kit. Today you go Palace jacket. Damn right. So they're fifth place in a Europa spot. Yeah. Won a match yesterday. Down a man for seventy minutes. You know who you need to thank for this? Ole. You need to thank Tottenham. You need to thank Everton. I mean, these are all clubs that are typically right there in that spot. Champions Arsenal, League. Your Arsenal, of course. How could I forget Arsenal? Yeah. yeah. I guess we didn't even talk about that. Um, but yeah, all those clubs seem to be a little bit down right now. And Palace and Leicester City are right there. <laughs> Leicester's legit. I mean, we've talked about it before. I think they finish in the top four. But uh I don't know if Chelsea do. I hope they hold on, but it looks like they're going to be in for a race. I don't know if Palace is going to be the one to give them the race all the way through, but I hope they are. One of these one of these podcasts, and we should do it soon before Palace finds itself back where it, it will finish, but we should put my uh, boy Rory on, just because yes. nobody has more major pendulum-type swings emotionally than a Palace fan. 
And like you really should hear like a like a dyed in the wool from South London Palace fan because right now he's texting, he's in our group text, he's like, Oh, Palace are flying, the Eagles are flying, top four, we're going to Europe next year, which like clubs like Palace don't even really want. Like <laughs> it's like a burden when you have to go to Europe. He's like, Oh, watch out, maybe a right move around the January window. Who knows what the possibility <laughs> And then they'll lose a couple of matches and be like, oh, Roy Hodgson, it's terrible. <laughs> it's just for somebody who's a supporter of a club like that, because again, we all gravitate. A lot of U.S. fans just gravitate towards clubs who legitimately have chances of winning their league or winning in the Champions League, right? But you know, there's a unique breed of fan that goes on for these European leagues, the people who know that their club will not win anything, yet they're still every bit as passionate as those who pull for their clubs who have a legitimate chance of winning titles. I mean, it's just an amazing phenomenon. I give those people a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, you you could not have picked more polar opposite clubs than no. Barcelona and Crystal Palace. No. I would love to get Rory on. I think I had my favorite drunken uh, football conversation with him. Um, uh, <laughs> He's a piece at your of work. wedding yeah. in Puerto Vallarta. I He's... remember having a long conversation with him, and we were. It was probably the funniest soccer conversation I've ever had. He's a piece of work, boy. I'll He's tell the you. best. As brothers of Spurs fans, so uh, you know, he is always a house divided a couple of times per year. But mm. man, he'll tell you we have tickets to Boxing Day. What? I'm not going to be able to go, but he's got three tickets for Selhurst Park for Boxing Day. By the way, one of our why are we going? Uh, one of our uh, local listeners, Brandon, was just at Selhurst Park. Did he go? Yeah, he went. His trip looked amazing. Yeah. We got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, talk about his trip because I know he went to he went Tottenham's to Liverpool Napoli. Mm-hmm. He went to a Champions League match. Went to a Champions League match. I think he's a Napoli supporter because he's from he's uh, Argentinian. So Maradona Napoli, right? That makes a lot of sense. And went to Palace. I saw that. So yeah, how did he go to a, Ireland too? I, I think, think so. I, yeah, he's he went to he went on like a bucket list type trip. Like, yeah, go over to Europe, bounce around, go to as many matches as possible, including Champions League matches. Um, and yeah, I won't go too much further down. But that looked like an amazing trip. And yeah. We should have him on the podcast. Brand, I never knew how to pronounce Brandon's last name. Pilon. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing how to say last names, Drew Steck. I called him Drew Sturk all last podcast. Apparently, nicely done. Yeah. Well, what can you do? What can you do? Have you watched, um, speaking of Maradona, Maradona in Mexico? I have not. I'm not caught up, no. Okay. All right. Has Have Club Tijuana announced him as their new manager? Not yet. It's, do you think there's a chance? Do you think if we speak it into existence? like I mean, do you think there's a chance we speak it into existence? Um, We've done it before on this podcast. This, this podcast is it's influential. It's impactful. All I will say is one of the first people to, rec- to suggest that Herrera Piojo was going to go to Club Tijuana, said there's a chance that Maradona goes to Tijuana. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a private conversation. Those oh, of you who listen to this podcast, you know pretty much what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. I'm going to get ready. Get ready for tryouts. I'm going to go train. Okay. Good I'm luck. I'm going to try out for SD Loyal. Not really. I don't want to try out. But... <laughs> Anything else we need to get to? I don't think so, but uh, thank you to Three Punk Ales. Always great, especially around the holidays. I think we're gonna we're, we're trying to record an episode of this podcast. My afternoons are uh, a little sometimes up in the air, but we're gonna record. We're gonna make our best effort to to record from Three Punk Ales next week. We recommend everybody go to Sport Clips, especially around the holidays. Treat yourself very well. Go take care of the people who take care of this podcast. That's what I got.
Boom. Anything else? We're good. Tryouts, go try out. Let us know. Um, you can follow along with SD Loyal, see what's going on with them. I'm really looking forward to the schedule. That's the biggest thing for me. I want to find out the schedule. Gear. And then we get to see, like, we start at home, right? Are you going to get a March brand 7th? new club and you start on the road? I don't know. I want to start at home. March 7th. March 7th. That's the first weekend. All right. We'll talk to you next week on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast.